Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So for today, I thought I wanted to talk about something that's kind of been rattling around in my head for the last couple months. And um, at a high level, it's along the lines of, am I proud of what I'm selling in my apps? Um, and if not, why? And if I am, then do, do I, you know, do, do I communicate that in a way that makes sense to uh, my users and to my customers? And specifically, this was coming, you know, sort of thinking through some situations in, in Pedometer Plus Plus and in Widgetsmith, where I think I was going through the like my purchase screens and the way that I was trying to sell things in the app, and was kind of realizing that a lot of the way that I had been thinking about it and the way that I had been structuring my you know purchase screens and things in many ways was coming from a position that and in a, if I'm honest, it was sort of almost like I was like ashamed or feeling like had in hand, like, please, sir, will you give me some money um, to my customers? And that it, it wasn't coming from this place that I felt confident and proud of what it was, what it was that I was selling, that it wasn't coming from this place of it's like, I have this amazing, awesome thing that I think you would like. I think it is worth the money that I'm charging for it. And here it is which is probably the better place to be. Instead, it was much more of like, I'm like hiding my purchase screen in like hard to find places and putting it kind of like, it's like, well, you know, maybe people who've been using the app for a really long time are going to discover this and then they'll find it and then they'll be like happy to give me money. And it's like, why am I like, you know, squirreling this away somewhere? This should be clear and obvious and straightforward. Um, And the first place that this happened, I think was something that, is a much is a, the more succinct version is in Pedometer Plus Plus for years and years you've been able to um, do an in-app purchase that sort of it, it's it supports the development it used to be a tip jar um, entirely and then it became something that was a bit you know I added ads to the app and so if you put any money in the tip jar or if you remove ads um, you know you, you can pay for this and this has always been in the bottom section of the settings screen. So in order to find it, you would have to open the app, be using it, click on this gear icon in the top left corner, and then scroll all the way to the bottom of that list. And it's probably maybe a two or three screenfuls of, of scroll. And that's the way it's all had been, had been that way for years. And when I was starting to have these kind of thoughts and thinking about how I'm positioning my, my in-app purchases, I was like, I imagine many people who might want to remove the ads from the application, uh, have no idea that they can. I have no idea that this is something that's possible because it's like I'm almost like hiding this feature, this ability, this offering away from them. And so uh, two versions ago, I added um, just a little button on the top right of the ad that says remove ads. And if you tap on that, it you know, essentially prompts you for the prompts you for the in-app purchase. You can hit, you know, yes, and you can remove the ads that way. And I wasn't sure what the response to this would be. And I actually, it's always one of those funny things where you can even just tell my posture and how nervous I was about doing this. I even added like a server side kill switch for this so that if I needed to remove (laughs) the remove ads button because I was getting people up in the arms or if it was like a big problem, it would be like, I would be able to like instantaneously just like turn this off. Turns out people love it. It's great. The revenue from um, like in-app purchase inside of Pedometer is up like something like two or three times. Um, and I've had no <laughs> negative, only positive responses to this that like, great, I can remove the ads. 
And I was just like, right, <laughs> because like this is a thing that people like and that I should be proud to sell and I should let people know that they can buy this if they want. And it wasn't even just like at first I was like, oh, maybe it'll just be like for the first couple of weeks. It's like, nope, it's been like two months now and it's continued to be popular, have people download it reg- or like, you know, buy it regularly. Um and I just like wish I'd been done this all along. I wish I'd been like realized that like no, like I don't need to be like ashamed of this. Like it, it's a feature. I think it's worth like the exchange that you get to. You know, I, I I forego the revenue from ads, and you get the benefit of not having ads in the app. Everyone wins. Um, but that's not where I was coming from when I made this. Fe- you know, implemented this feature uh, years ago. So I would encourage everyone else to be proud of what you're doing. That's <laughs> first of all. Congratulations on the raise that you just gave yourself. <laughs> Thank you. And I would also suggest, uh, since you tiptoed right up to this but didn't go there, I would suggest developers out there, if you ever make a change to your app that suddenly makes you more money, never do the math and try to figure out what you have missed in the meantime sure. from not having done that earlier, because that's just depressing. Um, yes. But, but congratulations nonetheless. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting that, you know, I think nerds in general – um, certainly including me, uh, many of us grew up or still are quite shy uh, about talking about money, asking for money, asking people to pay us at all, let alone what we are worth. And that's there's a whole bunch of <laughs> you know, a whole bunch of stuff to unpack on that. You know, can't all fit in one episode, but you know, there's obviously areas like salary negotiations where that that can be fairly important. Um, but you know, but going back to the context of apps, like. You know, it's it's hard for a lot of us to to put ourselves out there because that's what you're really doing. You're you're putting yourself out there. You're saying, "Look, here's my app. I can't just like shyly like scoot it over in front of you and just run away and have you just use it if you want to." I'm actually asking for money. Like that's and that's a very very different. It's a much more bold, risky move than just like letting your app sit and hoping people notice and and find ways to give you money because you know obviously some people will as you know many people have but not as many as if you just ask them for money or if you put up some kind of some kind of barrier or you know wall and if you look around the app store the way most apps are monetized is by basically beating people over the head with ads and purchase opportunities until they succumb it's the opposite of, of this like kind of you know shy nerd approach that that we are so familiar with because we we are shy nerds. Um, it is it's so much more of that like just blatant consumerism, blatant advertising, blatant in-app purchase walls uh, that you see in most apps and especially in games and especially things targeted at kids. And so it's it's easy to to look at that and be turned off by that world. But it's also, you know, very easy to be a little too far in, into our comfortable, no risk taking, never asking for money world, where we don't make enough money. <laughs> um, I, I've been there. Like you know, many of Overcast's initial um, business models, kind of relied on that, and it didn't work very well. Um, even things that things that I do in Overcast now, like I, I never use the ratings prompt, the system ratings prompt, unless you tap a a settings cell. In the settings that says, you know, leave a review or whatever, rate this app, whatever it says. And I say right under it, I'll never interrupt you for ratings. You know what the result of that is? Not a lot of ratings. Yeah. I have way fewer ratings than any of my competitors. Like, and even apps that I know I have way more users than, but I have like, you know, orders of magnitude fewer ratings because I'm not using that prompt. And, you know, I honestly, I don't want to use that prompt, but maybe I should be using it more. I don't know. 
Um, there's there's things like that that you know all there's all these, all those apps that pop up the things saying like are you happy with our app and if you say yes it shows the ratings dialogue and if you say no it's like why don't you contact customer service like you know it, I don't do any of that crap but it does work and so we have to kind of decide like you know when when things are beyond our comfort zone for either you know putting ourselves out there or for for what we perceive as quality or our annoyance metrics. We have to set a threshold of like, well, what what are we comfortable with doing when it has a big enough payoff for the app, and what are we not? And and those thresholds can change over time because conditions change over time, and you change over time, and the market and people's expectations all change over time. I think if if I was if I hadn't been shipping an app for seven years that says I'll never interrupt you for ratings, I would probably start interrupting people for ratings because it makes such a big difference now in the numbers of ratings you get and. No one seems to mind anymore. Like when I – seven years ago, that was a big problem. People were getting annoyed like crazy. Today, no one cares. Um, a, another thing that I would, I would almost certainly do these days is um, push notifications for promotional purposes, <laughs> which, sure. which sucks. And I hate, I hate that I have just admitted that, but I've been tempted to do that. Especially for things like new user retention because you know one problem we all have is I, you know, a certain number of people install the app. Some of them, you know, start an account, you know, whatever, log in, and then they might forget about it and never use it again. I should probably do what most apps do, which is if once you've installed it, maybe like the next day, send a push notification that says, hey, come back to Overcast. We have all these new episodes or whatever, you know, and I hate that idea, like logically in my head, but I hate it a little bit less over time as time goes on, as I start realizing like, you know what, I'm losing a lot of people this way. And every other app does this, and it's fine. So there's areas like that where I feel like the the line of what we're comfortable with is a little blurry and you know can shift over time. But then there's areas like remove ads. Now, there was a time when having ads in apps was considered kind of, you know, is it gauche? Is that how you pronounce that word? <laughs> yeah, I think it's gauche. Yeah, it was considered like kind of, kind of, you know, low taste um, to to have ads and apps back, you know, a long time ago. Now it's incredibly commonplace. But all, both of us make apps with ads in them. Um, that's often the primary or only business model, and no one cares. Mm-hmm. And and so to have a to have an ad that shows on the screen and then n- near it or somehow easily visible. A, a remove ads feature that you just pay a purchase and the ads are gone. That's so incredibly common these days that I know as a customer of apps, I know that I appreciate when there's a remove ads button because any app I download, if there's an ad on the screen and there's a remove ads button next to it, as long as it's not like some kind of ridiculous subscription price, I'll buy it every time. If it's like, you know, three bucks, remove the ads. Sure. Absolutely done. No, I won't even think about it. Like, absolutely. Yes. I want these ads gone. Um, but and to many people, they don't care, and then then you can make ad money from those people forever. And so I feel like that is – it's one of those areas where we have to kind of just get over our shyness because it's so beneficial to to monetize apps with ads and to have a remove ads option for, for people who want that. Like that, that's so beneficial for all parties involved. Um, and obviously there's some details about like whether the ads are creepy or whatever, but that's kind of a separate discussion. Like the concept of ads is fine. And, you know, if there, there are so many problems solved by that kind of arrangement and so many people who benefit from that kind of arrangement in general that I don't think we need to feel shy about that anymore. Yeah. No. And I think what's interesting is something you said that really stuck with me too, is the sense of 
what's difficult sometimes is that it is worse that like in my case, the old version where it's like the remove ads button was buried deep in settings. It it was worse that it sort of worked, that there was some response from that. And when I think of you with you with your rating prompt system, where like you do get some ratings and it's not like you have, you know, you, you have the empty star thing in the app store because no one's ever rated it. It's like you have some. And it's easy, I think, sometimes, and this is something I've seen my, in myself, to whatever that initial response is, whatever the initial kind of like income I get or number of ratings or whatever that might be, that sort of – I very quickly will kind of almost normalize that as in my head that's as good as it could ever be. Like that becomes – it's like, well, this is what the app c- can make. This is what the apps like. It becomes the ceiling rather than the floor, um, and I think in some ways it's like if because if if I had no response, you know, if I had that button like buried so far down in settings or was so hard to get to or I was so shy about asking for money that I never got anything, well, I would change it, right? Like I would, and it would be kind of foolish for me not to. For it would be, I would need to do something, but because it does something. That was almost more of a trap that I found myself walking into because it gave me this ability to just sort of, in some ways, that like my, my my brain anchored on that, that on that that oh that's what this app can make that's what it will always do, um, and I just sort of like moved on and stopped asking this question rather than it being something where I whatever I get get initially is like okay, that's what you know that's what it can do clearly. I should have been, and like what I should have thought with that is it's like, huh, people like this. Some people in the world are taking money out of their bank account and putting it in mine in order to accomplish this. It's clearly something that some people like. I should make sure that all the people who might want to give me the money in this way are aware that this is an opportunity for them to give me money in this way. For us to have this value exchange that I give them, I give them a feature or in this case, remo- you know, remove something from the app and they give me money and like, no one in that transaction is like coming out the worst for it. We're both getting something valuable. Um, and so I should seek to make sure that everybody who might want to do that has the opportunity to do that. And like you said, I could certainly go down a road where it is too aggressive, where it is too problematic that I get. And I would likely at some, it's like at some point you would almost certainly hit a wall where it starts to become problematic. And I'm sure those, you know, like the in-app purchase casino style games are like geared and tuned finely such that they are like one iota on the side of not quite too much, like just before you would hit diminishing returns or too oh, high of an uninstall rate. Or, <laughs> I mean, maybe they are, yeah. but I'm just saying like no, it's, you're right. it's something where like like there is a tuning that can happen there. But I suspect um, that tuning is not um, – like I am so far from that, like where I am and where my instinct is, is so far removed from that. that Like I have a lot of space to play with a lot of opportunity to give people opportunities to, you know, to, to buy the things that hopefully I'm proud to sell. 
We are brought to you this episode by Things, the award-winning to-do app. We want to tell you about a fantastic feature that Things just added. It now supports Markdown inside of your notes. Real Markdown, not some subset. It has headings, bold, italics, highlights, code, code blocks, you name it. And all this is detected and rendered in beautiful style inside your to-dos and project notes in Things. Now, I got to say... I love Things as my to-do app. I've used it now for a few years. It is a amazing, like, well-made Mac and iOS and whatever else they support. It's like it's an amazing, well-made app. It is exactly like the kind of app that we used to talk about all the time. Is like, wow, these like this wonderful era of heavily designed, like, massive people who care, all using native code. Like, that's Things, and the Markdown support is exactly as good as you'd expect from an app made with that kind of quality. You know, in most to-do apps. The notes field is treated as a second-class citizen. It might be like this little tiny font below a to-do item or tucked away inside of some inspector pane. In things, your notes take center stage. Whether you open it to do, you're given plenty of room to write. It's super easy to add any details you need to get the task done, plans, reference material, brainstorms, and so on. As I'm using things, and I've, as I have been using it for years... This is exactly what I use the notes on to-dos for. I put on like, you know, little, you can put sub items or you can put in like a URL or something or, you know, whatever you need to, to help you with, you know, additional information about that to-do. And not every to-do needs such long notes. For the ones that do, it's great that you can now keep those right where you need it, right inside of things. Thanks to Markdown, even your longest notes look and feel fantastic. So if you, if you haven't tried things yet, check out this new version. Just search for things on the App Store or go to thingsapp.com. You can get a free trial for your Mac and try the new Markdown feature for yourself. Whatever it is you want to accomplish in life, Things can help you get there. Go to thingsapp.com and try the app today. Thanks to Things for keeping me organized and for sponsoring our show. So I think, too, the next sort of logical place to go with this kind of thinking, and this is something that gets into something I've been changing and doing in Widgetsmith um, a bit more, is – and sometimes I feel it's weird. It's like slightly embarrassed that all these – there's all these industry terms or things that people do that um, I just don't or I – like aren't aren't things that I I, I have embraced that the, but exist and they exist for a reason, um, I, or something makes me start to think about experimentation, um, and obviously like the fully grown up version of this is A/B testing where you you make two versions of something and you see which one performs better and you keep the one that's you know sort of better and you have almost like this um, like evolutionary process where you take the better one and then you might refine it even more and you sort of keep going until you find what is then theoretically the optimal uh, version of this. Um, and I've never done a lot of A-B testing. It's not something I've particularly gone down the road. In my mind, I think it's coming from a place of it's like, well, I'm going to design it the best way I can. And that's the best because it was the best. Like, that's what I said I was doing. I was making the best version. And so this is the best. Um, but it's also the reality of it's like, my definition of the best might not be the best by customers or might be better in ways that I don't understand or that doesn't appeal to me. And so it was one of these things too, like in Bridget Smith, what I've been doing recently is making little changes to the purchase flow and the kind of upgrade subscription process. And right now I'm not doing A-B testing where I'm doing two concurrent things where it's like, you know, half of, you know, half of my people get one and half people get the other. I may go down that road eventually. But right now what I'm just doing is it's like I'm making a change and then you know, evaluating the result and seeing if my conversion rate increases if I change my purchase screen in, in, a, in a different way, if I'm more clear or, you know, like emphasize one aspect of my subscription rather than the other. 
And I think in the same way as sort of the being shy about asking for money, it's being thoughtful about this process and understanding that I need what I need to do is like I need to communicate why someone should subscribe and be forthright and straightforward. And it's like everyone's on the same page. You're getting these features for this money. I don't need to be sort of ashamed or think that's problematic. Um, But if I don't communicate what they're getting, if I'm not being clear about this value proposition, if I'm not showing them how to do it, that they can subscribe um, in a clear and obvious way, um, like then I'm worse off and the customer's worse off. And it's like, everyone's in a bad place um, if, if, I, if I don't do that. And so taking a sort of iterative approach to this to enhance this over time in the same way is like something that I should be doing to make sure that I'm taking full advantage of the opportunities that my apps might contain. Yeah, because, you know, another th- another angle to consider is that everyone thinks about money differently. And so there's going to be people, you know, whatever, wh- however willing you personally are as the developer of your app, like to, to spend money in or on other apps, there's going to be people above and below you. There's going to be people who are way more willing to spend money just to get rid of ads or just to get past any barriers or just to achieve what they want to achieve. Because look, they downloaded their app, your app for a reason. They, they they got your app to do something, and if it does that after you pay them or after they pay you some money, many people will not care and say, "Well, yes, of course, I expected to pay you some kind of money somehow because that's how most things work in apps." So great, okay. There's also going to be people out there who are way less willing to pay money than you are, and you're going to hear from those people no matter what you do. And so as as you're setting thresholds and making decisions, making pricing and, and you know, paywall kind of decisions for your apps, it's really important to, to, to always keep in mind that no matter what you do, you're going to hear from people who don't want to pay or who don't like your ads or whatever. Like, and I, I get this all the time. I get people, you know, maybe, maybe a few a week. I get a few like one-star reviews a week because I have ads in my app. And like, I think, I think my ads are pretty nice. Like their ads yeah. for podcasts in a podcast app, it's pretty hard to argue that they're like they're pretty as ads go. They're pretty nice, uh, but I still get occasional one star reviews because the app contains ads. Not that those people ever tried to remove them, <laughs> but sure. or would if, if even even if you know they <laughs> even if they wanted to, I don't think they those people necessarily would. Um, but you know that's a thing. I also have occasional one star reviews from people who complain that I have a subscription that removes the ads. And that there's no like lifetime purchase option. One star, never buying it. I hate subscriptions. Like, well, okay, that that's those people are always going to exist. I also have lots of people who subscribe and just quietly enjoy the app, and I never hear from them. And that's what my business is based on. It's like all the people who happily either buy the subscription or who look at the ads, or in some cases both, because I give I give people the option. Hey, if you want to subscribe and also leave the ads on, you can. And I don't have numbers exactly on how many people do that, but it's not zero. It's not a lot, but it's not zero. And so there's like there's a whole range of people. And again, like, no matter what policy or decisions you make, you're going to have people who complain about it. So just the fact that people are complaining about it doesn't mean anything. You know, if, if what matters is are they are they mostly like you know a, a loud minority of people using the app as opposed to like the majority, <laughs> and also. Is your business doing well regardless? You know, like it, if you're making enough money from from your business that you don't need to care about all the people who say it's too expensive or I don't want any ads or subscriptions or anything or whatever, then you don't need to care about those people. And and so it's it really has to you have to be willing to experiment in this area 
and be willing to push boundaries a little bit, not only past some people's comfort who are going to be you know yelling at you, but also past your own comfort in some in some cases. You know, I I never would have guessed seven years ago that I would have ads as my primary income of my app, but here we are, and I do, and it's not a shameful or like you know failure kind of thing. I I think it's great, uh, and and so you know be be willing to experiment in this direction also. Yeah, I think too. There's an element, as what you're saying, of understanding that your customers are not you, and aren't the people you hang out with, or whatever your online community is, or whatever that might be. And I think it is very easy to optimize around yourself and the people you're around a lot, and then miss mis- sort of miss miss the fact that your audience for your application, I mean, maybe it's slightly different if you're making a developer tool and being like of the times with developers would make sense. But most apps, that's not their primary audience. Most apps, it's something else. And I mean, I've been made very aware of this with Widgetsmith in a way that I wasn't necessarily with even some of my other apps, but where Widgetsmith has a very wide audience, a very diverse and... So sort of just from all ends of the spectrum and with different goals. Like I kind of, I understand the fitness, like with my earlier fitness apps, I understand that world a bit more because that's something that I personally am very interested in. You know, I try, I do a lot of fitnessy stuff and I'm aware of fitnessy things. I'm good about that in that industry. I am not particularly, um, you know, robust in the world of fashion and, um, aesthetic, like that's not really me, but a lot of the people who use my app, that is what they're interested in. That is what their focus is. And so I need to remind myself regularly that it's like, I'm making this app for someone who isn't me. And that's great. That's wonderful. It gives me a wider audience. It's important. And I think in this area, what you're saying is exactly right, where it's that sense of don't let a few voices, um, that, Sort of, and, and the worst are the voices that slightly confirm the way you personally would be when you, you know, respond to an app. That when I say similar to you, it's like I don't like apps that have lots of ads. So if you know, that's just me personally, and that's fine. And I'll remove ads from apps, and like that's the way I roll. But if I get a, res- a customer who says something similar, like "Oh, a one star, I hate your app. It doesn't have it has ads in it." It almost it is it's a trap for me to be you have that just confirm that like "Oh yeah, no, ads are bad. I shouldn't do that." Um, versus it's like, "Oh, that's, that's one person's opinion, and probably you know the, it, it's probably a minority opinion. It's probably not the the majority opinion." And so, being in some ways analytical about this, I think is helpful. That like where I was saying it's like being doing a little bits of experimentation, doing things to actually gather data from the rest of your audience, not the one or two people who said something mean to you, um, is just wise. Because if you make a change and lots of people respond to it and more people respond positively than negatively, well, then you've made the app better. Um, and it's rather than chasing, you know, people not being saying unkind things or confirming um, your, your own insecurities, it's like, Confirm this with data. Confirm it with something that is concrete and is more um, inclusive of all the different and the varied opinions of, from people who actually matter. Which is, you know, it's like the, if you can make ninety percent of your customers happy, like you're doing great. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, keep in mind that again, like when people download your app, 
they're they're doing it for a reason. They 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 think it looks interesting, or it solves a problem that they have, or they they hope it solves a problem that they have. And many many people are willing to pay money for that, or who are or are willing to look at your ads for that, or both. And it's there's no shame in giving people literally what they are there for. Like they are literally there in your app to get some kind of value, and you can hopefully give them that value. And the only way you can do that is if your app is financially stable enough that you can actually keep operating it and keep improving it over time and everything. And so you're actually doing your customers not only a favor, but you're doing exactly what they want you to do if you have arranged the app in such a way that makes it financially sustainable because they want they, they use the app. They want it to continue to be updated. They want it to continue to get better. Like that's that's what they want if they are using it. And so whatever you have to do to get there, you might lose some of those people, but most of them are going to be there for it because that's the whole reason they're using your app in the first place and they they need it to stick around. Yeah. And I think in summary what I was kind of th- where my mind settles on is it's like I need to either I need to be proud of what I'm selling. And if I'm not, I need to sell something different and take that perspective that rather than being shy about it, it's like either I need to be confident and think this is awesome. People should want to give me money for this. This is amazing. And if I'm not that, if I'm not excited, if I'm not proud, well, then I'm selling the wrong thing and I need to find something different to sell because clearly it's like that is a much better situation than to feel like you know any kind of shyness or, or or lack of confidence about this that's the way i should be and it's like and, and I, if i make sort of steps in that direction i'll feel better about it it'll be better for my customers and it's like everyone's 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 excited because that's the best of the goal i want to i want to be excited about what i'm selling i want people to be excited about what they're buying and if that's the case we're all good i like this perspective that you've developed that's good there you go thank you for listening everybody we will talk to you in two weeks bye